Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello, friends. Welcome again to another episode of the Family Renewal Podcast. I'm Israel Wayne, and I'm excited because today I believe that I have my very first international guest. Uh, my friend Andre Fermanov is joining us all the way from Russia, and we are excited to be able to talk with him about his uh, life and ministry over there. He is a husband, father, pastor and Christian leader uh, based somewhat near St. Petersburg. We'll have him talk a little bit more about uh, where he lives specifically. Uh, But I met him a few years back when I spoke at a homeschooling conference in St. Petersburg. And, you know, I've spoken at a number of conferences overseas, and I've had international translators that I've worked with. Uh, but they told me that there was one translator at the conference who specifically asked to translate for me. Um, and I, I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah, he's familiar with your work. And he asked specifically if he could translate your messages. And so when I met Andre, I don't know if you've had this experience in life where there's someone you've never met and you don't know anything about them. And then you meet them and you feel like you've known them your whole life. Well, that was how it was with Andre. Um, there was just a connection I think spiritually that uh, this brother and I think so much alike. Uh, we have so much uh, in, in common in terms of our faith and our values and beliefs. Uh, but Andre is also, and I don't mean this negatively towards anyone else, but he's the best interpreter I've ever worked with. Uh, hands down. He's just, it was phenomenal. And so I, I had this confidence in speaking that everything that I was saying was being communicated with the same heart and the same feeling and the same passion that I was bringing to the presentation. And uh, he's, he's a gifted teacher, uh, just a wise brother. So anyway, Andre, welcome to the Family Renewal Podcast. Thank you so much. Well, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about, first of all, your family, uh, because I, I know they would like to get to know you. I'm. Uh, this is going to be a broadcast on YouTube, so it'll be national. And then our podcast is listened uh, to by people uh, all across the United States as well as um, around the world somewhat. But uh, I live in Michigan, and uh, your daughter, one of your daughters, is just here in Michigan as well. And so maybe you can just talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, your family, your background, and uh, mm-hmm. how, how your family is doing today. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my name is Andre Furmanov, and as you already know, I am um, a pastor of a Christian church in a small town of Viberg, which is located right on the Finnish border. Um, I've been married uh, for 23 years, and uh, my wife and I, my wife Nadia, and I have three daughters, uh, Emily, Erica, and Elsie. Um, they are all a year and a couple of months apart. Uh, Emily is going to be turning 20 this coming June. Um, and yes, all of them, all three of them were homeschooled. We did not start homeschooling the girls from the very beginning, and I can tell you the reasons why. But uh, that's w- one of the major things that really was life changing for us as a family was actually the beginning of homeschooling experience. 
and um, so the girls have practically grown up to be very uh, free-thinking, godly, very focused and devoted to Christ, to following his truth and to doing his ministry. And um, the other thing I can tell you about my family is that uh, during the past, I would say, eight years, we have grown to be a team. So it's just pretty amazing. I remember when I was single and I was doing my ministry um, beginning from 1989 on my own, and I got married in 1987. So Nadia became a very faithful and passionate partner in what God called me to do. And it's just amazing to see that our daughters have totally joined um, our vision and our passion for doing what the Lord, for fulfilling the Lord's calling. So anyway, so we are a family of five. We're our ministry team and um, just enjoying life together and uh, uh, anticipating the coming of Christ. So that's who we are. Well, I, I will say this, having met Andre's family, he has a, an amazing family uh, just a, a precious family with some very talented uh, and wonderful daughters and uh, a wonderful wife. And uh, I, I have just been uh, so blessed. I, I haven't had enough time to get to know his family, but uh, you, you can just tell that uh, they are, they're, they're special folks. And, uh, uh, and so, Andre, let's talk about homeschooling because I think there's always a, a fascination that we have of people in other cultures we want to know how much they're like us and how different they are. And when I came back from Russia and told people about my trip, one of the things that people were surprised about was to find that homeschooling was even a legal option in Russia. They said, oh, is, is homeschooling legal there? Uh, so why don't you speak to that aspect first, and then we'll, we'll jump into your uh, story in a little bit. But uh, is homeschooling legal in Russia, and, and what are the restrictions or the regulations that uh, go along with being able to teach your own children within your country? You know, the funny thing is, um, it was a major surprise for me that homeschooling was actually allowed in my country. Uh, I just discovered that in 2012, and the reason I discovered that is because I was in uh, Colorado, in Denver, and uh, uh, when we came to visit our friends there, it was sort of by accident that they mixed up the dates of our arrival. And so during the first couple of days of our stay in America, uh, they were supposed to, they, they were booked for a homeschooling conference. And so they told us that we could either, you know, stay at home, take their car, go drive around and wait for them, you know, to be done with the conference or go to the conference with them. And of course, the kind of person I am, I'm always interested in everything I am able you know, to experience, especially you know, in my favorite country in America. So I said, can we go to the conference with you? And I went in there and I discovered a lot of things about homeschooling movement in the States and met some people who are actually going to Russia to teach us, to teach Russians about homeschooling. And they were the ones who told me that homeschooling was actually official in our country since the time of the fall of communism. And so since basically 1991, and so, uh, yes, it has been uh, legal, but not very many people actually were doing that. And in my case, I remember uh, when we were raising our daughters and then when they were little, um, we, were very, we were very unconventional in the sense that all the people here in Russia, like 99.9% would leave their children in daycare centers as they go to work. And so my family was very different. We were one of the first ones who said, no, our children are our children. We're not going to give them to the daycare center because we, you know, my wife stayed at home and she was, you know, taking care of the kids and stuff. 
but it's really interesting when we hit the point when kids were supposed to go to school, I, in my fatalistic thinking, which is very typical for Russians, by the way, uh, the thinking when you kind of um, understand that, well, this is the way things are. And no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, nothing can ever change. And this is, this is very much ingrained in Russian mentality. So it's like, what can you do? So, and I just realized I was just like that. So, um, so we didn't want to send our children to, to public schools. And I remember I was walking behind my daughter who was going to the public school holding this bouquet of flowers in her hand. And I was walking behind her literally in tears. And I think I'm the only dad in the face of this earth who was actually weeping as I was walking my daughter to school. And so people looked at me and thought I was crazy, but my heart was really tearing. Mm. And, um, but I just thought it was inevitable and it was unavoidable. But it was that trip to America that really challenged my thinking. And uh, so we actually started to homeschool from 2012. And that's a, a very fascinating story, really. But bottom line is homeschooling has been official. Uh, there are some restrictions and the restrictions are such that you're supposed to report to the government. You know, you're supposed to be affiliated with some kind of school which provides for you the opportunity for homeschooling. There are different ways of doing that. You can either go and pass the test on a certain on a basis of certain regularity, uh, which is basically established by the school, or there are certain schools that do the online testing, uh, so you don't have to physically go there. So there are different ways of how you can do that. But bottom line is, if there is a will, there is a way. And so we found the way and are very blessed by it. So that's in a nutshell. In the United States, we had a similar scenario in the early days where some private Christian schools uh, found out that they could enroll, uh, and, and in some cases, the legality of it was challenged, but they could enroll students in their private school uh, remotely, even in different states, and do the record keeping, but you would be on the, the role as being a student at that Christian school. So in Russian today, uh, oh, and in some states today, it's the law that you have to homeschool through a private school or through the public school. Um, Tennessee uh, and Alabama uh, are two states that traditionally have been, you know, that way. And I think California as well, uh, although you can form your own private school there. Um, so can you homeschool through a private school and the public school or how does that work in Russia? Um, you legally uh, all schools are supposed to provide the homeschooling opportunity for you basically to study at home and report to them mm -hmm. but a lot of times uh, since not very many people are doing that a lot of times schools are pretty much afraid of even trying to do that you know because they do not understand how they're going to do the testing and how they how they're going to report to the government plus all the public schools are officially funded by the government so in order to keep receiving the funding they need to have as many people in school as possible. And so sure. they really want to make sure that somehow, at least on paper, you are a part of what they're doing so that the, the, the funding for you would be coming in and stuff like that. So, um, but it seems like, you know, more and more people are very dissatisfied with the um, system of education. And I, I just really want to tell you that there are a lot of Christians, ourselves included, for whom homeschooling has the major... Um, goal. And for me, my major goal was to raise my daughters in Christ, was to have freedom to teach them the principles of God's word, to make them familiar 
with it so much that it would penetrate their hearts that they would really get not only to know about God, but know him personally. So that really was the whole point of my education. Basically, I think, you know, we were, we were doing a lot of academics as well. But honestly, in my thinking was like, okay, whatever they want to learn academically, they can always do that. And it doesn't stop when they officially graduate school. But it's my responsibility as a dad to be there to teach them to love Christ with all their hearts. So that was the ultimate reason why we went to homeschool the girls. Um, but a lot of people in our country right now are just very dissatisfied with the um, level of education, the way education is done, with different educational approaches that prove to be very uh, poor, even compared to the Soviet system of education. Actually, a lot of people praise the Soviet system of education. Only, well, it was kind of better in the way that there was not so much pressure, you know what I mean? Like, and there was not as much to learn, but it's also because of the uh, era we're living in. I mean, the, the amount of knowledge a person is supposed to have in order to get a job, which is the goal for a lot of people, basically, why they educate their children. The amount of knowledge is has enlarged a lot because of, you know, the technology and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so because of the fact that a lot of people are actually trying to homeschool for whatever reasons they have, you know, more and more schools are actually adjusting to that need. So there is a demand and they provide the supply. So, um, and the other thing that's really interesting, you know, uh, during the time of pandemic, all schools have been closed and people had to actually go long, uh, studying long distance, teaching their kids long distance. So basically the entire country is homeschooling right now, whether they want it or not. And uh, I read online that a lot of parents are so upset. I mean, they just they just have to stay at home with children. They just realize how terrible it is. They start to respect, you know, the teachers' jobs more. And so sort of like, well, take them back, take them back to school and stuff. But at the same very t- at the very same time, the government is saying that, you know, since we don't even know where this whole situation is going to lead, we should actually legalize the long distance education and make it more and more spread around the country. So it's really a fascinating time we're living. So with all the difficulties that are happening at the same time, it seems like more people are forced to homeschool. But once again, like I said, you know, our reason for homeschooling is very different from what a lot of people chose to homeschool for. I'm going to make an assumption that the availability of Christian curriculum is drastically less than here in the United States. How do you navigate the homeschooling with the curriculum that you have available to you? And and what, if any, kind of published Christian curriculum is available to you? You know, we actually don't have any. I mean, all we had is the public school curriculum. But, uh, you know, we just developed things as we went on. You know, it's sort of like I take, say, a history textbook and I read through that and I find stuff online like, you know, films to watch or things to read. And um, I present it to my children from a Christian perspective. Well, and it's interesting because there are certain things, you know, say math, which I'm horribly bad at, really. More into humanitarian kind of disciplines and stuff like that. And so it's interesting because we actually have a tutor, a very old lady who has become my girl's grandma. But it's interesting because, you know, she is the one that started asking us a lot of questions. She keeps saying like, you guys are such a mystery to me. You're such a wonderful, intelligent, educated family. And yet you believe in God. So it's like they go to the math classes and the lady lives pretty close to where we do. Um, 
and they actually uh, learn the master, uh, the, they master the art of witnessing to her and explaining to her the wisdom of God in mathematical uh, atmosphere and math mathematical things. So it's just basically we don't have a set curriculum except for the public schools one, but we develop our own. Say, for example, there is literature. And honestly, I got to tell you, we have not, my girls have not really read any of the books that the curriculum, the literature curriculum supposes them to read. Because the whole point was not about them reading what other people told them to read, but falling in love with reading and learning not just to read texts, but to understand things. And, you know, my, my girls read a lot of things. I mean, they like read Les Miserables, which is not a part of the program. When they started to grow up, they really wanted to read Harry Potter. I know a lot of Christians are against it. I necessarily, I don't necessarily like it either. But, you know, when they were mature enough to be able to read it and tell the good from the bad, they read about it and we discussed those books. And they, they like, devoured them in three days, all seven. And, and it's, it's totally fine because I just want them to read, to explore, to be able to tell good things from bad things and, and have an opinion of their own. So basically, you know, you can turn anything into a Christian curriculum. <laughs> So, so what about other church members, uh, not, not your church? I don't mean your church specifically because uh -huh. I know you have huge influence there as their pastor. Uh -huh. the, the church culture in Russia, uh, I'm assuming that the vast majority of Russian Christians send their children to government schools as yes. opposed to Christian schools and homeschooling. Is that correct? Yes. And the thing is, even like the term Christian school, I would not be happy to send my children to Christian school. The thing is, you know, it's a Christian school, but um, which means that there are Christian teachers who teach your children. Right. And at the same time, well, a Christian can be different from another Christian. And I've discovered that a lot of values of different Christians kind of differ. They can be Bible following Christians that can be that can be traditional Christians. And the, and the fact that there are Christian teachers in a school doesn't really mean that the children that go to school are Christian. And it does, you know what I mean? It's like they, mm -hmm. they, they still need to learn how to interact with each other, how to forgive, how to ask for forgiveness. And honestly, in a school setting, these are the kind of things that cannot really be taught properly. And so, um, so, so a lot of times, you know, people would, even Christians in, in my country, at least those I talk to, when they start speaking about homeschooling, they always uh, talk about um, the way to get a job, you know, a better and more prestigious job. And that is the, the kind of thing that sort of came supernaturally to us that this was not the, the, the point. And, and maybe it's just because of the way God was break, taking us through life and, and working in our hearts through different experiences we had and our own school experiences. So it's not because like we're better and wiser and more spiritual than others, but it's just our personal way of communicating with the Lord and being raised by him. You know, um, it's, it's very personal, but a lot of times, uh, and even so, even so I just realized that as we started to homeschool, like leaving public schools and started to homeschool, we brought a lot of public school mentality into our home. And for the first year and a half of homeschooling, I really had to squeeze it out of my mind and my heart. And it took us some time to really understand that 
we're just passionately following the Lord, not just, you know, paying lip service to that, but truly living this way. But uh, most Christians I talk to, they just, um, they're being indoctrinated by the fact that, okay, your kids go to school and it should be a good school. Okay, it would be wonderful. It's a Christian school. But the whole point is getting a diploma, uh, going to a certain college that's prestigious and uh, getting a job that's well paid. Honestly, that was not at all important to us. And even when our girls, uh, two of them graduated high school, uh, our middle daughter, who is a musician, she went to music college, Rimsky-Korsakov Music College in St. Petersburg, and she's doing amazingly well in there. Um, she's a pianist. She's also uh, trying to master a harp, and she plays a bunch of different instruments. Um, well, our oldest daughter, when she graduated, she said, okay, I do not want to go to college because everybody else goes to college. I mean, college is a tool for a greater goal. So she actually has been praying for God to show her the greater goal. And she's learned a lot of things on her own. And she went to Michigan. She spent three months without friends, uh, working in a medical clinic and helping and observing and learning. And, and she's still searching. I mean, she's making her own money. She's teaching English, but she doesn't want to go to college in order to get a job. She has a job. And she is um, looking for God to reveal to her what his calling on her life is. And then she will either go to college or do whatever else in order to pursue what God wants instead of just getting to college because everybody else does it. You know what I mean? So anyway, all this to say that a lot of Russians don't think this way. And I just feel humbled and very thankful that in his mercy, God just showed us the way. And that's something that I try to communicate to people in my congregation as well. And of course, it's their choice whether to agree with that and, you know, follow along or do whatever they think is sure. you know, important. Well, it sounds like a lot of Russian Christians are raising their children to pursue the American dream. Yes. And you know what? America is something that has always been like the prize. And, and a lot of times, you know, it, what is really amazing that a lot of times people grow up in order and they learn languages and stuff in order to leave for America. And I know so many people that, that have done that. And to tell you the truth, that's something I really wanted when I was young. But it's amazing because by the time I was ready to actually do that, the Lord, uh, even under communism, created a church that he, by default, allowed me to pastor. And that was the reason I just realized, well, I can't go anywhere because I have to be with my congregation, which, has, which I'm so thankful for. Anyway, but yes, America is something that a lot of people pursue, not just the American dream, but actually achieving that dream in America. Yeah. Yeah, we have that same kind of mentality here. You want your children to do well in school so they can go to the right college, so they can get the right job, so they can make a lot of money and live a good, comfortable, middle class, upper middle class American life. And it's amazing how human nature is so similar, even across the miles. And, you know, the ocean that separates us doesn't change uh, the idolatry that's in our heart, you know, and it's not human that, nature. Yeah, human nature. And it's not that, uh, you know, it's wrong to provide for your family. We, we get that. We have families we need to provide for. So we understand that. But our primary goal is we want our children to know God, to love people, mm -hmm. and serve people. And uh, um, let, let me ask you this question. Do you have Russian Christians who say that they want to send their children to the government schools there 
so they can be evangelists and missionaries and be salt and light. And is that a mentality that is common in Russia? It's very dominant Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And it's, that's the thing that um, people told me when we were plucking our girls out of school. It's like, well, why are you taking model school? They should stay in there and be the salt and light. But that's the thing I realized, actually. When we sent them to school, it seems like all of the work that we had done in order to focus them towards Jesus was gone in a twinkling at the mm. drop of a hat. Mm. And it was really crazy because our youngest daughter ended up going to school for two and a half years. Our oldest spent five years in school, which I just... On one hand, I feel terrible. On the other hand, she said, you know, this is the thing that works for good because I know the best and the worst of both worlds. And I can actually be a great advocate of homeschooling because I'm blessed to have done what I've done and what you have done in my life, you know, after five years of public school. So anyway, she knows both worlds pretty well. Um, but it was just pretty amazing because I just realized when people were telling me about the salt and light thing, you know, um, and also they, they would tell me things like, well, are you trying to shelter your girls from the world? And I would just say, yeah. And they said, really? Why are you doing that? Because, you know, they will grow up and they will know all those horrible things that are happening in the world. I said, exactly. You know what? I'm actually planning for my girls to start driving one day, but I'm not going to, you know, put my seven-year-old or 12-year-old you know, at the steering wheel and saying, oh, just go drive like to St. Petersburg, for example. Right. Or, you know, go just have a nice drive around the town. Well, you know, if nothing else, her legs are not long enough, you know, That's she doesn't right. have the skills. So it's like, I just realized that it's like, how can I expect them to be the salt and the light if I haven't equipped them to be that? And the other thing, it's not my decision. It's their decision. So it's like, they didn't have that in their minds. Even if I told them, go to school and be the salt and light, well, what do you mean by that? It should be something that comes from within. It, it cannot be really uh, directed by me just telling them to be that. It's like they need to be the salt. They need to be the light in order to produce the fruit of what the salt and light does. So anyway, I, I just think when, when people say that they just use all those uh, cliches without thinking. And that's, that's another thing that we try to you know, establish in our girls' lives, like, think, ask a question, why? What is the goal? What is the purpose? Okay, that's the purpose. How do you get there? Why do you want to get there? What does the Bible say about it? Have you talked to Jesus about that? So it's, it's just really amazing because even now, when the girls are grown, or especially now, they would come up to me and say, Dad, I would like to make this decision. And I have a question, how do we do that? And we just go to the Bible together, we pray about these things. And I just love the fact that everything they do, they do in order to um, to glorify Christ. The other thing is, think about this. Our middle daughter, as I said, she went to uh, college in St. Petersburg, and she's exactly where God wants her to be. But she went there equipped. Mm -hmm. Everybody, she, she was very, very, very good with music. And everybody would tell us here in Viberg that she needed to go to that college as early as possible, not to waste time. And it was interesting. I asked her when she was, what, she was uh, 14. A lot of times people go to music colleges, sort of like boarding school, you know, when they're 14. And I said, what if I told you that you can do it right now? And she said, Dad, I don't want to. And I said, why? She said, I'm not ready. I need your instruction. I do not know um, the Bible that well yet. And I haven't really grown in my relationship with Christ, feeling that I'm equipped to actually face the world. But when she was ready and when she went there, it's just really amazing because I even got calls from her professors saying your girls is so your girls is so 
your girl is so different. They, they just like from professors to people that are uh, like washing the floors in the college. I, I talked to different kinds of people and they said, it's amazing wherever she comes, there is just light that goes on. And I'm like, wow, that's an amazing, amazing analogy. So they actually see that light. They, they see that she's there and people change because of the way she is just maybe outwardly first, but they keep asking questions and, and she's ready to give account about her faith and what she truly believes in. And she stands firm on the foundation of God's word. And I'm totally, well, people ask me like, aren't you afraid of your daughter being in college? I'm like, no, I'm not. Because she's equipped. She knows why she's there. She's pursuing God's goals. And I bless that. And we stay in daily contact and we pray about things that are happening in our college. So anyway, this is really exciting. I think. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that warms my heart as a father to hear that. I know, you know, even the scripture says that we have no greater joy than to know that our children are walking in truth. Um, we just well, started that together with my girls, second John. That's right. That's right. Well, one last question on the homeschooling issue. Uh, I just have to know this from you. Uh, do people ever say to you when they hear that you're homeschooling, well, what about socialization? How are your children <laughs> going to be properly socialized if they don't go to public school? Do you ever hear oh, that in Russia? Goodness. Well, everybody says that. It's like there's not a single person who doesn't ask this question. And the crazy thing is, you know, because the way I see socialization is the ability to be able to communicate with people of different ages. Right. You know, young and old and, you know, peers and everything and do it wisely, respectfully with interest and passion. And you know what? There is another thing that people say to us as well which is more positive than just this practically very silly question. You know, um, because of homeschooling, let me just tell you this first, because of homeschooling and the, the freedom to actually, and the need to pursue friendships, to build relationships, our girls have always had friends, like even when they were like 13, they had friends who were five, friends who were 12, 13, 14, and friends were 30 and 40. And I mean, good Christian people, people that were inspiring them, encouraging them, investing in them, or people whom they were pouring in, or people like that, you know, old tutor, math tutor of ours, because the girls have been blessing her. And she says, you have an amazing family. I feel like they're just my own granddaughters. Mm -hmm. Well, think about this, because they have learned to communicate to people and love people. And, and all of them at different stages of their lives said, said to me something, Dad, we realized that every person is like a whole world that's so amazingly interesting to, to explore regardless of age. So think about this. We had several um, very special occasions, say when we went to Israel. With, By the way, we went with um, a person, for the first time we went, we went with a person that a lot of homeschoolers know pretty well, Chris Davis, who is in heaven right now. And he also became our not only our brother, but like our relative like instantly when we first met it's like there was such connection and such love and i only knew him for five years five last years of his earthly journey and he became like a grandpa to my daughters and a friend but anyway we went to israel and uh he comes up to me maybe it was like the fifth day and he goes like i'd like to talk to you about your daughter emily and i said oh my goodness what has she done <laughs> and then he goes like nothing <laughs> she talked to me and i said was she respectful and she was 15 at that time. And he's like, yes, why? I'm like, well, okay, what do you want to tell me about her? And she was asking me questions. Were they 
appropriate? He's like, yes, they were. <laughs> I said, so what are you driving at? You know, man. And he says, I just want to tell you that I've never met a person like your Emily. I mean, she's a Russian. She speaks fluent English, no accent and stuff. And yes, my girls don't have an accent, even though I do. Um, and he goes like, she was asking me questions and she was sincerely interested in asking those. I said, well, I'm glad. And he said, but there's more. And he goes, she was very interested in my answers. He, said, he actually said that, he said, I've fallen in love with your girls because I haven't really seen teenagers. And they were 15, 14, and 13 at that, and 12 at that time, who would be interested in an old man they just met. But he's like, you've done something right. And that was such an inspiration for me. There was another time when we were flying from... Um, Kentucky to New York. We went to see a musical on Broadway and uh, it was just a very short flight. And it happened that our girls were sitting separately from us. And there was an old stewardess, ex-flight attendant that was going there, an elderly woman. And so uh, the flight attendant who was serving us came up to me and asked, he's like, she's like, are these your girls? And I said, yes, why? And she said, how do you raise them? I said, well, what do you mean? She's like, they're there sitting with that old lady and they started this conversation and I overheard it. She's my friend, she said, and I was listening to what they were saying. She said, how do you do this? How do you teach them to be able to be so respectful, but at the same time, so natural talking to an older person? And so it was interesting. This lady comes up to us as we get off the plane. She's like, may I take a picture with your girls? May I take a picture with your family? And it was like mm. an hour and a half flight, you know, mm. and she's like, I'm just overwhelmed. It's just so amazing. I've never seen teenagers like that. I'm like, okay, let's take a picture. So now, now my girls continue fellowshipping with her through Facebook and stuff. So it's just really amazing. So that's uh, socialization. They're able to make friends and, uh, you know, really staying in the same class with your peers, whose only reason for being there is being forced to be there and whose only desire is to get out of there and to oppose everything the teachers are saying. This is not socialization. This is just like making good fruit rotten. You know? That's right. So anyway, that's my experience. So anyway, now that my girls have really gone, reached the point when they understand what they believe and why they do certain things and why they don't do certain things, they learn to love people, they learn to forgive, they learn to accept and, and, and um, respect even those who disagree with them on the point of their faith. And they're able to be in the world yet be not out be out of this world no not of this world you know what i mean yeah so uh now i feel like well i'm very happy that they go into this world and the world changes because of the light that they take with them reflecting the light of jesus so that's on socialization maybe i was just too carried away but these are the things people always ask well i think it's so encouraging because that's really our goal we want our children to be able to take the light of christ into the world and see the world changed because of christ in them and as I listen to you, I'm reminded of just how similar we are, um, you know, that uh, even though we're across the miles and there are so many differences between our country, especially historically, you know, just Russia and America, there's this long historical kind of political standoff that's taken place between these nations. And yet in Christ, there is no longer Jew nor Greek nor male, nor female, nor Russian, nor American. We are all one in Christ. And uh, to hear you share your experiences, uh, it's so similar to the things that we go through and the, the concerns and the desires that for our children and our families here in the United States. And so I want to thank you for taking the time to 
share your experiences, your perspectives, uh, your perspective on being a, a homeschooling dad and Christian leader in, in, the, in Russia. And uh, I appreciate you. I'm going to ask my listeners to remember to pray for Andre and his family and their ministry there. Pray for the homeschooling movement uh, in Russia and around the world. Um, there's there's a lot of exciting things that have been happening just really in the last five years, I think, in Russia in particular, related to homeschooling. So uh, I see a great window of opportunity there. At the same time, politically, um, which we won't get into because um, we don't have time, but things... Um, Things are not always encouraging on that front. Uh, and, and we're thankful that uh, the kingdom of God is much bigger than the, uh, the little kingdoms of men. And uh, his kingdom is advancing. So, uh, so, Andre, thank you again. Lord willing, we will have a chance to meet in person again. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so do I, I. I, don't, I don't know if that's going to be uh, me going back to Russia, you coming to America, or us both going to Israel together. <laughs> God knows. God knows. <laughs> but I look forward to that, my brother and my friend. I, I appreciate you very much. Thank you. All right. God bless you. And uh, uh, maybe we'll have you again on uh, in the future. Thank you much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit familyrenewal.org.